and welcome to this bonus episode of the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. As always, I am your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this special Ask an Expert episode, I am joined by Associate Professor Philip Beckor. In 1982, Dr. Beckor was the first dermatologist in Victoria to use lasers in the management of birthmarks. In 1988, he was appointed the founding director of the laser unit at the Royal Children's Hospital. And in 1993, he established Laser Associates of Victoria. So, who better to answer your questions about laser skin treatments, rosacea, and other vascular skin conditions? For complete transparency from the outset, this episode and the series to follow is sponsored by Candela Medical. However, all of Associate Professor Beckor's views are entirely his own and you will hear absolutely no specific product recommendations throughout this interview. I find that I'm often asked really specific questions about the skin and given that I'm an educated consumer and by no means an expert, I can't ethically offer up any of my own advice. I took the idea of this Ask the Expert series to the team at Candela Medical knowing that both the technology and the doctors they work with are among the best in the world. So we've put together a multi-part series of bonus episodes to answer your questions. This series is giving the Glow Journal audience unprecedented access to medical doctors, professors and dermatologists and... While the series is sponsored by Candela, doctors legally and ethically have to remain completely objective in interviews like this. For this reason, this series does feel like the most authentic way for me to integrate branded content into the podcast because it's giving you, the listeners, unbiased expert answers to your most specific skin questions which are questions that I just cannot answer myself. In this episode, we have taken some of your most frequently asked questions to Associate Professor Philip Beckor. From the difference between spider veins and varicose veins to the cure for dark under eye circles through to why 30% of the population is suffering from rosacea. I am going to start with rosacea because I understand that about 30% of the population suffer from a form of rosacea. So could you start by just explaining in as little or as much detail as you wish, what is rosacea? Okay, so the question, what is rosacea? And we understand that it's an extremely common condition and a lot of people listening to this actually have it and haven't realised they've Mm. got it. But in the simplest form of rosacea, which we call erythematotelangiectatic rosacea, which means just redness, a tendency to be developing broken capillaries, sensitive skin and easy flushing, meaning that, you know, you get hot, you get angry, you, you get embarrassed, you go red. And people with this kind of skin also will have sensitive skin. And the sensitivity is due to the fact that the barrier in the skin is weak so that chemicals that normally should be harmless in soap and perfumes go through the skin and irritate it. So basically it's redness, sensitive skin, easy flushing. You find that 
certain cosmetics you can't use because they burn and you find that you're much happier not using soap and using simple simple cleansers so that's the basic extremely common form Mm -hmm. in some individuals it goes further than that and it forms a condition that we used to call acne rosacea and it's called acne rosacea because it's like acne meaning you get pimple like lesions but Normal acne should have blackheads and pimples, whereas in the acne type of rosacea, which we call papular rosacea, there are more little blind pimples, bumps that occur, and they're really quite tender. If you get them on the nose, they're actually sore, and they're not always there. They come and go. Their attacks can be induced if you drink too much red wine or get sunburned or anything that makes you prolongedly red. You'll, it will break. It could, if you're predisposed to this, give you these lumps. Okay, so you've touched on how you know there are some things we put on the skin or even ingest. I know wine is a big one that can f- cause it to flare up. So I would immediately think, okay, cutting out those things will treat it. But I understand laser can help rosacea as well. Yeah, look, I mean, the treatment involves firstly avoiding the triggers that cause flushing. I mean, sure. some triggers are good triggers. I mean, exercise is a good trigger. It might make you red. But if you're fit, you're not getting red every time you climb the stairs or mm-hmm. do something. But it's not enough for many people just to avoid these things. They actually need treatment. And for the erythematotelangiectatic stage or just red-sensitive skin, lasers can be very helpful. And over the years, the... You know, I personally use the Candela V-beam system, which mm-hmm. seems to be very safe and very helpful to reduce the skin sensitivity and try to move it away from the rosacea state to a more normal state with a little bit of better barrier function. Definitely very powerful to get rid of broken capillaries. And a lot of people after a laser treatment find their skin is less irritable. It doesn't flush as easily. How many treatments would you recommend people come back for or is that immediate look typically it depends at what stage we're treating if we're treating young people that don't have broken capillaries they might just do one or two treatments a year to Mm -hmm. maintain the improvement because we're not curing it but we're controlling it and after a period of time the effect of the laser wears off and it needs to be done again however there's a lot of people who have ignored it and a lot of women have the luxury of using makeup to cover it and if they decide that you know they're just needing too much makeup they're getting big roadmap type blood vessels on their nose then laser's fantastic for that it's highly effective to get rid of these vessels but it takes more treatment so phase one is getting rid of the broken capillaries which might be two or three sessions mm-hmm. and then once we've got all of that rid of we're doing the annual um, background redness flushing treatments on an annual basis so the the key is to come in as soon as you start to yeah i believe so symptoms. for one to learn what's appropriate skin care two to sort of nip it in the bud and prevent the development of broken capillaries and then change your lifestyle a little bit to try mm. to reduce those triggers again. Worst trigger, of course, being alcohol. Yes. And some people are more susceptible to alcohol than others. There's an enzyme that breaks down alcohol and mm-hmm. some people break it down in a weird way. They only need almost two mouthfuls of wine and they're red. So you've got to look at your pattern and modify what you drink and how much you drink to control it. But we only live once and mm. I'm not saying that we don't have fun, but we work out how to temper it. I just think that's such good advice because with skin conditions like that, I understand going to see a dermatologist or a dermal clinician is an expense, but then they're the experts and they're going to send you off with tools and information about your skin that you can you know, take with you. 
Yeah, look, I, can, I completely agree. And, you know, it's an evolving area. Dermatology is very much increasingly focused on this kind of problem. And over the years, new treatments are going to become available. And what I'm saying in one year will be different. So mm. it's always worth keeping in touch and finding out what's new. The beauty of technology. Something that I get asked quite a lot, and I certainly know the answer myself, but I think it's worth touching on. I get asked just a very broad question, is laser safe? I think some people are scared that their skin's going to react to laser in the way that it would to, you know, the sun, to UV rays. Obviously, this is not the case, but can you talk us through it? Yeah, look, I was one of the first people in Australia to use lasers on the skin, so the sort of questions you're asking me are routine ones we have Mm. to answer. I think to understand it, it's complicated because light is a form of electromagnetic energy, but also is X-ray ultraviolet rays and what we understand is that x-rays and ultraviolet rays interact with our chromosomes mutate them and that sets you up for cancer the laser is just visible light it's the same light that that comes out of a light globe it doesn't have ultraviolet or gamma radiation in it it doesn't damage the chromosomes so we do not believe that it has a precancerous effect and another way of looking at it i mean people in norway where there's very little sun they have a lot of probably even more exposure to just the natural light induced by light sources and they get much less skin cancer than people who have sun exposure. So in summary, it, laser light is not precancerous light. It lives in the realm of visible light and also some of the lasers use the invisible infrared light, which is essentially just heat, neither of which are potent inducers of skin cancer. Wonderful. I'm sure that will be very comforting for people that are a bit nervous. Let's move on to spider veins and varicose veins. They're so often sort of put into the same category, but am I right in saying that they are two different things? Yeah, well, let's think about now, we've been talking about the face, let's move down to the leg. Sure. And we get essentially, the first principle I would say that as a general principle, we're talking about capillaries on the face, but on the legs, they're essentially disorders of veins. Now, you get super big veins under the skin, and when they're disturbed, they swell and become bulgy under the skin lumps. And the treatment for that is not going to be skin-applied laser because laser's not an X-ray. It's just light. It can't penetrate that deeply. Mm, So the treatment has to be directed to the veins, and sometimes lasers are used, but they're lasers that are inserted into the vein. But there's Mm -hmm. different ways. There's chemicals and and even surgery to switch those veins off. Okay, then you can get disorder of the surface tiny veins that actually are in the skin, removing the blood in the skin. And these can become disturbed. We don't understand it quite as well as we do what causes the deep veins. So these can be variable blue things like biromarks on your skin and sometimes finer vessels. The the basic treatment of the surface ones is probably injecting with solutions that close the vessels. But Mm -hmm. laser is also effective in this space and treatment will often involve a combination of both. And for those people that just don't like the idea of needles, it doesn't hurt to try the laser-based methods first. Mm -hmm. At, I guess, at the core of it, what is the difference between spider veins and varicose veins? 
Uh, I varicose veins are disorders of the big veins under the skin. Mm -hmm. Spider veins are disorders of the tiny veins we call venules within the skin itself. Okay. You've mentioned that a combination of treatments is often the most effective. Naturally, with something like a surgery, there is going to be downtime. Is there downtime if people choose to just go with the laser option? Look, it's what I call cosmetic downtime. Sure. Meaning that after we do it, we block up the veins, they actually look darker and worse for a period of time. So it's not the sort of thing you'd want to do before a summer holiday. Treatment's better done in winter. But the laser treatments have the advantage of not requiring compressive stockings. Uh Whereas when we do the injections, I certainly recommend a a week of 24-7 compressive garments, graduated compression stockings, which a lot of people find inconvenient because you have to keep these dry in the shower. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be annoying. I've had a listener write in saying that she's had varicose veins removed, but they keep coming back. What would be the reason for that or would that be the treatment well two possibilities for a question like that the first possibility is that you can fix the varicose veins and the surface veins are not directly related and sometimes after surgery for varicose veins which fixes all the deep stuff you can actually get a worsening of the surface spider Ah, veins okay that's the possibility and the trouble with these spider veins we don't really cure them we Mm -hmm. get rid of them by whatever method we use but then as you age more will develop and a maintenance program is necessary the other thing let's say she's telling us that her full-on varicose veins are coming back it means that the valves that weren't working were fixed but then other valves that are malfunctional are sending blood into the Ah. area and typically it means they're fixed up the veins in the legs but some women have damaged valves in the pelvic area post-pregnancy and that blood can sometimes get into the legs and keep those veins swollen. Okay. I have had another listener write in saying that she's been told she has troubles with lymphatic drainage and that that is going to make it harder to treat things like spider veins and varicose veins. What is the link there? Uh, I don't think there's a direct link. They're, okay. they're different systems. The, the the lymphatic system just removes fluid from the legs and mm-hmm. you get swelling of the legs. If you've got a, a really bad malfunctioning venous system with what we call increased venous pressure in the leg, you will collect more fluid and that can cause swelling and that's fixable by varicose vein work Mm -hmm. but if it's purely lymphatic fixing veins won't make any difference great good to hear i know we've said we're moving down the body but i'm going to bring it back up to the face and let's talk a bit about facial veins burst capillaries what causes them there can be a number of causes i think a lot of it's just a hereditary predisposition some Mm -hmm. people as they age develop these veins um Trauma, you know, repeated sunburn Mm -hmm. can induce vessels. We've talked about rosacea and those people with a tendency to rosacea that then have another injury are going to be far worse. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people asking for treatment for bulgy veins around their eyes that make them look tired. And, uh, you know, there's no reason for these other than a hereditary predisposition. And a lot of my patients tell me that their mum or dad had similar Mm. vein issues. Given that it is really hereditary is there anything that we can do to minimize our chances of having visible broken capillaries 
With broken capillaries, yes. If we go back to the triggers, if, if we've got a family predisposition to rosacea and we avoid the flushing triggers, we can slow the development of these. Mm-hmm. If it's other kinds of hereditary things like a tendency to bulgy veins, I don't think there's anything that you can do to stop them. Okay. So if we do have them, what would be the best course of action? I understand laser can be quite effective Look, here. Any, I, I would say this, that if you can see the vein... That mm-hmm. means it's superficial enough to see, looking blue, red, or see the vessel or see the colour. That is the range in which visible light can penetrate. Uh-huh. So I'm really very confident that most of these problems I can fix with the laser systems that I have. Okay, amazing. And it's just for interest. It's not just this group, but there's a lot of major birthmarks that involve these disturbances. And the treatments we deliver now really are very good across the board. Okay. This is something that you have just touched on, but I have had a few really specific questions about dark circles under the eyes. Of course, that is often hereditary, but is that related to our veins? Look, dark circles under the eyes are very, very complex because there's a lot of different causes. Probably in the Caucasian group, the commonest is super thin skin. So you're seeing Mm. through the skin to see muscle, and the little vessels. Now, sometimes we can help that with a little bit of general vascular laser that might reduce some of the, the stretch vessels there, but it, it's a marginal benefit. And the other problem with this kind of very weak skin is it can often be associated with weakness of the membranes that hold the eyeball fat back. And a mm-hmm. lot of people with this tendency, as they get older, get that kind of pouchy bulging under the eye, yeah. for which the solution is going to be plastic surgery or oculoplastic surgery. Mm-hmm. So if we were to take the laser kind of course of action, is there a specific treatment that you would recommend? Look, I think that a gentle V-beam vascular laser can often help a little and it has the tremendous advantage of it either helps or doesn't help. It's not going to make it worse. And on that topic, the next group, I've talked about the group where the thinnest skin and then mm. you get another group where it's actually pigmentation. The, ah, the, uh, it's my very old common friend. Darker skinned ru- uh, people can have e- increased pigment around the eyes and that's where we would use laser okay. to treat is that permanent? If they will respond to laser, the treatment should be permanent. Yeah. Great. And does this fall under that cosmetic downtime category that you talked about? Yes, but not so severe. But generally, you'd expect some redness and swelling. So cosmetic downtime, yes. Okay. Port wine stains. Let's talk about them. This is an area that I'm so unfamiliar with. So... You are the expert. The port wine stain is a birthmark and it means that they've got a a red area on the skin. They're present at birth, persist through life, but unfortunately as one gets into adulthood, sometimes the veins thicken and they go from a pink colour to a a bluish colour. Sometimes in rare cases they're associated with underlying abnormalities like there's one form called Sturge Weber where they can get epilepsy. Bottom line is that the, the Candela Pulse Dye Laser System revolutionised the capacity to treat these port ah. wine stains. We now like to treat as soon as we can in early infancy. And as an average, I would say we can get 80% of these 50% lighter. Some of them almost disappear completely, but most of them can be improved to some extent. I mean, this is such a broad question, but why, why do they occur? You know, that's a good question. And 
if you asked me five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to answer, but a lot of research is looking at mutations, genetic mutations. Now, the original concept that you had a bad gene, you inherited it, and you got it. But we're now learning that they're what we call germline mutations, meaning mutations are going to be the ovary or the sperm. But mm-hmm. we're understanding that in the process of fetal development, a little area where two cells divide gets a mutation. So it's not a mutation you inherit, but the mutation will affect that zone of the skin that develops from those two bad cells. So typically, if you have a port wine stain on the face, a couple of ce- a, a cell misbehaved and all the daughter cells that cover that particular region of the face have this genetic mutation. So we now understand it's a genetic mutation that occurs in the process of building the body as a fetus. And what we're hoping is that eventually we will have medical treatments to intervene and modify this malfunctioning gene. But at the moment, we can't do that. What we do is we use laser to treat the damaged vessels and get them replaced, or the mutated vessels, and get them replaced by more normal blood vessels. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a bit about the difference between the way that you would treat an infant who has been born with a port wine stain as opposed to, say, an adult who has just left it untreated and then later in life has decided they Look, want to work on it? Excellent question. I'm going to go by age. We've found sure. and that under six months of age, babies do not remember pain and cope very well with mm. treatment without general anaesthetic. So we, can, we want to get these babies early and use that amazing window where we can treat without GA. Mm. From six months when they start to develop memory, you can't do it. They're going to be anxious and they'll be traumatised. So Absolutely. generally in that space, they need to be anaesthetised while we do it. Mm-hmm. When we move into the adult, say, post-16, 17, 18, we start to be able to treat again without general anaesthetic. Mm-hmm. Now... Modern lasers give us choices in terms of the depth that the laser will go. And the process where the pink port wine stain turns into a blue port wine stain represents deeper vessels becoming abnormal. So in a child, it's all pink on the surface and we can use Candela V-beam, which is a superficial, highly absorbed into blood vessel laser. When we're treating adults, we have to pick wavelengths that go more deeply. So then we might use an IPL system, the one I like is called Nordless, mm-hmm. or we might use Alexandrite laser or long pulse YAG laser. These lasers will go deeper. So if it's the pink component, we need a superficial laser. Deeper component, we need wavelengths of light that will go more deeply into the skin. Right. And are those treatments permanent and do they, does you know how effective they are depend on age and when you're treating it? Good question. In children, I think about 70% of the improvements remain. Mm-hmm. There's another group of 30% that we treat it and then over a three-year year period or so, they re-darken. Right. So a percentage of patients need maintenance. Mm-hmm. And it's just not possible. We don't have a test yet to work out what is the difference between the ones that recur and the ones that remain permanently better. Well, based on how you know quickly everything changes, we could have an answer yeah, to that interview soon. me next year and I might have an answer. I will take you up on that. That was Associate Professor Philip Beckhoff, who you can reach via laserderm.com.au or on Instagram at laserdermatology. You can discover more about Candela Medical, including the Peak Away Resolve skin treatment that I swear by, at candelamedical.com or on Instagram at candelamedicalanz. 
To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.